Bear Truthers, welcome back to episode 29 on the Bear Truth Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to have a special guest. Her name is Christina. First of all, I want to say praise God. Thank you guys for sharing the podcast because God used you guys to share the podcast in the region of Waterloo in the area that I you know, live in and even across the world. You guys made this possible because God used you. And I thank you guys. Continue to share this because we can have people come on and people find out about the podcast and they can come on and talk. But let's go ahead and get into today's episode where we'll talk about suffering for Christ and living all for Christ. Amen. All right, so welcome, Christina, to the Bear Truth Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you, Eddie, for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad you were able to come on today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? This is the first time you've came on to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. So first and foremost, I'm a mom. I think anyone who's a parent knows that mm-hmm. as soon as you become a parent, that's that's uh, you're a parent first. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm a wife. I'm a I'm a healthcare provider, a business owner. Um, so I do, you know, lots of work with, within that. And that was kind of a lot of big part, part of my life until a little bit more recent, recently when I had, you know, this, and I've always had this passion to serve anywhere that I have, I feel this pull or calling is kind of what I call it now, but I didn't know what it was before. Um, but aside from the work I do within, you know, my career and serving that way, um, I had a more recent pull to a more, a call to action, I guess, for standing up for, you know, democracy and our our rights when it comes to free will and consciousness, conscious thought, um, which then led me to focus in on the work for protecting our children, their education, their minds, their innocence, their future, which ends up being our future, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you know, but I read I ran in the last uh, municipal election mm-hmm. for trustee, and so still doing a lot of, you know, work in that area, just really bringing to light what's happening more of just informing parents. Like I'm not here to judge what people want. Mm -hmm. It's more just a call of, okay, wait, like I've got some, a lot of, you know, red flags coming up for me personally, and a lot of people that we talk to. um, So are people even aware? And so right now it's just about creating that awareness, um, helping people see what's going on, letting them make that informed decision for themselves. If they want to continue please feel free to continue. And those who do not, then really it's time to, you know, either stand up and, and speak out um, or, you know, vote with your feet. And we gotta, we gotta be making a stand right now for sure. So, and finding solutions. We're also doing that as well. I mean, we're not just here to complain about things We're exactly here to, you know, do something about it, whether it's invoke the change, change hearts, change minds, um, or it's, you know, finding another solution. Exactly. Yeah. We're here to make an impact. Uh, We're here to, you know, the Bible actually tells us in Luke chapter nine, verse 23, it says, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Just like you were saying, we're here to make an impact. And one way that Christ told us that we can make an impact, not by our own power, but by setting the example of Christ, you know, in this world that we live in today, living a Christ-like life, you know, taking up your cross, sacrificing your time for what is right, sacrificing, you know, things for what is the truth, right? Even if you're going to get hurt or bullied, or, you know, get 
kicked out of work for something. It's a sacrifice to stand up for what is right. And this is how Christ can use us to make an impact within the world, this fallen world, if I can say, that we live in today. But what are some obstacles you had to face at work so far? Uh, specifically for my career at work? Mm, or Yeah. Um, haha, that's interesting you asked me that. Um, during the campaign, I was something happened during during work. Um, so I I rent I leased out a space. Um I didn't know we were gonna get into this. I'm trying to formulate how I'm gonna say this. Um surprise. <laughs> yeah, no, I you know, I I I didn't think it would be a problem. I always thought we had our own our own right to our free thought, our conscious thought. And, um, I'm not a bad person. So of course, you know, do you think, of course I make mistakes. I'm human. Um, but anything I do would be meant for good. Um, and so there were, uh, there was a lot of slandering happening during the campaign. Um, a lot of lies being told things being misconstrued, context being taken out of, you know, um, it just, and so, yeah, I mean, that got to the place that I leased out a space for, uh, from, and, um, yeah, they ended up terminating my contract. So I, I couldn't lease out that space wow. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I mean, to, to me right now, doesn't seem like, like whatever, like, it, like when you say, I think I've been so blessed that God's really set, he's done all the things I think, and he does for all of us, but we just sometimes don't pay attention or don't have that trust that he really sets us up to be able to endure the next thing. And, and so that was something that I remember it happening and being like, well, I cannot believe this is happening, but now it's kind of like, you know, a drop in the bucket of just, you know, it's, it's things that happen that you will, you will persevere. You will, you know, he, he's got us through all of this. Um, So, yeah. Thanks for that question, because it hasn't really been given any attention at all. And and I think of course, (laughs) like how you were saying, uh, I asked this question because these things and these obstacles that we go through, sometimes, you know, God lets them happen so that we can learn. And the Bible tells us that trials and hard times actually create character and perseverance in us and make us better. And we learn for what is coming in the future. For example, let's say that, you know, I don't know, at your job, you can't talk about Jesus but you know that you want to talk about Jesus and you have to because you you can't resist because he's the truth. But you end up out of work, right, because you want to talk about Jesus. Well, though you got kicked out of that work and now you're maybe thinking, how am I going to have my financial needs or how am I going to find another job? You're going to start to worry and think, how am I just going to find another thing? I have a family I need to supply, right? But God will make a way. You suffered for him and sacrificed for him, and he'll give you something even better than what you had beforehand, right? The other question that I was going to ask you is related to the example that I just had given. Are people giving like restrictions at work, at your work in general, or in any other, you know, work like yours? Are they restricting the name of Jesus, just the name of Jesus, or any religion? It's interesting that you asked that. I mean, I work for myself, I have my own private practice. Um, and I never, I never push my beliefs on anyone. I mean, I, I don't think Jesus wants that from us either. Um, but of course, if there's someone of faith, then, you know, we definitely utilize that to serve them so that they can um, live the life that they want to be living. And it's part of their vision. And um, so we definitely use that, but we wouldn't just 
I wouldn't just bring it in anyway, but, um, but absolutely that would be something that when working for someone else, especially, you know, working at the healthcare center, for instance, um, you know, I mean, it got to the point where we couldn't even be wearing crosses. Like if you wanted to wear certain jewelry that would, that would signify some sort of faith that you're not allowed to be wearing that. And that was years ago. So I don't even know. I mean, I've been working for myself for quite a few years now, so I don't, I couldn't imagine. And it's a slow creep, right? It's the slow creep. I still remember doing some of the equity training when I was working at the, you know, at the health center. And it's at the time it felt so right. Like at the time it felt like, especially being a person that follows Christ thinking, you know, this is the right thing to do. This is humanity. This is acceptance. And and that's what Jesus did. He accepted. He didn't affirm all behavior by any means, uh, but definitely accepted and opened, um, you know, himself and, and any way he could serve to anybody, anybody Um, doesn't matter what they did in their past. Um, but mm-hmm. if they're ready to come to him, they he would definitely open his arms. And so, yeah, going through those trainings, it felt very, it felt very right. It felt felt like this is this is progress. You know, this is how we become more unified. And um, that and now see things differently for sure. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like you said, you brought a really good point up, a point that needs to be hit even more on, which is. Jesus, you know, he accepted, but he didn't affirm like he received all people. He tells us, you know, he's telling us come to him as we are right to everyone knows this example to become clean. Like you want to get a shower before you, you don't get clean before the shower, right? You have to get into the shower to get clean. That's a great way to look at it. Before the shower, right? So uh, it's the same thing with Jesus. If you want to be clean, you have to come to him to get clean, right? And so he receives everyone, but he doesn't affirm like how today is. A lot of churches, I mean, I'm seeing so many churches with uh, connected to the LGBTQ, right? We know 1 Corinthians 6 now. We know, we know Leviticus. We know the example of Sodom and Gomorrah. We have so many examples which do not affirm these things, right? right? Which are completely against the will of God. It's against the perfection of the image of God that exist in us and jesus did not affirm these things but rather he tried to use people to turn them around from that like paul right in um the new testament you know like uh how abraham wanted you know he wanted lot and his family to be saved and if there there was anyone in sodom and gomorrah that could be saved he prayed to god god if there's anyone righteous in sodom and gomorrah don't destroy them come and save them Right. And God used people like Abraham and he used people like Jesus, of course, obviously, because that's what he was sent here for, you know, to save us, not to condemn, but to save and Paul. And we should not affirm if God if God says no, then we must say no as well. Right. This is God knows what is better for us. He knows what is what we need. And we need to live that way. Not and you have the choice. The truth is you have the choice to live exactly that's how right. you want. That's free will. There's no. There's no pressure. God even said he promised and he's going to keep that promise. You have free will. But like I tell everyone, I like I have how I've told many different churches up until now that I've preached that if you want to live for this world, you can go ahead and absolutely live for the world. But here's the issue. You're going to have as much pleasure as you want right now 
but in the end, you're going to have eternal condemnation. It's not how Muslims think or other religions think it's five days or something. This is eternal condemnation. It's forever condemnation. You can't get out. Or you live for Jesus now. You suffer now. How I read that verse at the beginning. Take up your cross daily, right? You suffer now. How the Bible tells us, live for Jesus. And we have eternal glory with Christ forever, right? And you have that choice. And people have that choice to make. And some people really want to live for this world. They think it's worth it. So they can go after it. But we believe 100% it's worth it for Jesus. And we should not affirm these things exactly like you have said. But Romans 1.16 if we look at Romans 1.16, it tells us, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. We should never be ashamed of Jesus. We should always share him in every moment that we have. But another question that I had for you is, why do you think people are restricting Jesus? Why are they restricting Jesus, you know what I mean, in work? What's the point of it? Why can't they restrict you know, why do they choose to say that the truth is a lie and that the lie is a truth? You know, <laughs> what is the point of this? Do you oh, believe? gosh, if I had the answer for you, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's been something that's been going on for for all of time. Right. Mm -hmm. I think um, it comes down to. Uh, really, this is a spiritual war. I mean, and mm -hmm. it's been going on for longer than you and I probably I mean, definitely for as, as long as we've been paying attention, but even for like longer than we've been alive, it's been on forever. It's, mm -hmm. it has always been a power struggle. It's been this, this, I, and I think, I think you've hit it. Like, I mean, it's people who are living for these worldly things, people who are living for these worldly things are going to try to make the most out of this world because it's what they believe it's all they have. Someone who doesn't believe that this is all that they have, they live more for outside of themselves. They live for more than they leave. They live for what they can leave behind. Um, and, and they live for, you know, they live for, for God and God's work. And when we know, I mean, you talked about free will and we have the choice and, and I mean, I, I do agree with what you're saying, but I think that for those people who are kind of new to this that could be almost a turnoff for them to even look further because they think that Definitely. it's that life is going to be a struggle that, mm -hmm. oh, so you mean to tell me that I have to sacrifice this lifetime in order to meet, all, you know, eternal joy and, and life. And that's not what this is about. God wants us to have heaven here on earth. Like that's what he wants mm. for us. And, and if we can keep doing his will, we know that his will is what is not only best for us, but is what would be our will if we knew what it could be. And I mean, like, I think in my journey, I've moved from, because, you know, I set goals and, and I think that, you know, there's that whole, you're not just supposed to sit around and do nothing and think that things are going to happen. Like you got to do work. Um, and so, you know, I, I had made my own goals and I have that vision board and, and then when things don't look exactly the way that you think that they're supposed to look, you wonder what you're doing wrong. And, and I wonder how many times that's because we're only looking at our own will as opposed to his will for us. It's, it might turn out differently. It might unfold differently. And so my journey really went from, you know, thinking about, um, okay, his will versus almost the differences of his will and my will, um, are, are going to look different to not even, not even paying attention to the differences anymore, just being very 
curious and wondrous about how it's going to unfold and what it's going to look like because knowing and trusting that he's got our back like he will make this work so mm-hmm. i mean and I, I i mean i don't have you know what moses has or any, anything knowing exactly yeah. this is what god is telling you to do and i think for most of us most of the time that's what it's like it's like i don't know if i'm listening correctly I mean, I think I'm supposed to be doing this, but I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And all we can do is listen as attentively and discerning as 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 well as we can and do our very best, right? And right. and trust that it'll keep on unfolding and opportunities will present themselves to to make us ready for the next thing that's going to come our way. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's very important to, you know, read scripture and to memorize it even because this is one way that we can discern you know, you could you can compare what people say to what the word of God says, and then you say, okay, God said this, but then this person said that is the complete opposite. Something's wrong there, right? And we can discern. That's one way to discern as well, and through other gifts. And uh, you hit on a pretty good uh, topic as well. You said that you know when people hear that we have to suffer in this world, it's going to turn them off about following Jesus. And I think a really good verse for them for those kind of people would be John 16, 33, which says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, knowing that Christ had overcome the world and putting your confidence that Christ has overcome the world. He, you are in his hands. He is in control of absolutely everything. Nothing is going to go beyond God's control. I think that could be a comforting thing for them and a really good peace thing for them to have. Yes. And when you think of the world today and all of the anxiety and stress and mental health that we have today, imagine how much of it can be just, just gone. Mm -hmm. If you just had that trust and left it at the altar, as we say, right. Mm -hmm. Has us trust that it will be okay. Exactly. Yeah. So is there any testimonies that you would like to share with uh, the Bear Truth podcast on here? I think it's a very important thing, especially online, to share what God has done in your life, maybe how he used you, what he called you to do. This, you know, maybe something happened recently or one time in your life, something, you know, supernatural or just out of the ordinary, if you'd like to share. Oh, my gosh. I think that so much of of the unfolding has been Uh, There's just so many examples of, wow, that that was God that did that. You know, you're placed in a certain place in a certain time and something is said or and it leads to something else. And there's so many of those. And I think that maybe, um, you know, I think for us today, uh, why like I originally reached out to you was to know if you had already had some conversations about the language, about what was happening um, in today's in today's society. And I so I'd really love to talk a little bit about that. And, um, and I do, I do believe this fits into your asking of kind of a supernatural, miraculous kind of way. And it might not seem that way to some people, but I mean, you have to understand that I've been doing this work for quite some time and really trying to understand, right? It's not about trying to be right. It's trying to do what's right for our kids and seeing that there's so much division, so much polarization. So what is it that I'm not getting? If I'm not getting something, I I need to know in order to be able to do good here. And so um, this came from a time where, well, I'm trying to think of how I should start this. Let me see. I have some notes here. Maybe we can cut this part out. Let me get to my notes so that I can say it more concisely. 
Um, so more recently with this whole, this whole language thing that I'm, I'm talking about. And when I'm saying language, I mean, the play on words, the, the changing of meanings, and therefore people can't even have the same conversation because we're not really understanding one another because people almost have their own meanings to certain words. Um, and so this happened very, again, or I have in my notes here, uh, like for pinpoints organically, and as you say, this is kind of, this is what it felt like. It felt like this almost unfolding of what was kind of supposed to occur. And I didn't really fully understand it, that it was a problem at the time. Like I, I knew there were problems and I was clearly standing up for those problems that I knew existed. But this particular issue, I didn't know was a problem, but I was struggling at that time with, with some things that were happening with social media and and the messaging that was happening. happening. And, and I think that happens with us, like this, this con- our, our consciousness kind of opens up in this stepwise process um, and and for this in partic- this particular moment, like it was this random conference, and um, I, I should give some backing there for for people to understand. I had been going to professional development and personal growth conferences for years, like prior to you know the mandates and the lockdowns and this um, mission work. I guess as a friend from church so graciously puts it for me. Um, you know, I've been going to all of these things and this conference came up and and we had planned to go and I had only gone to one Christian conference prior to this year. Um, and it's this, it's called the Radiant Women's Conference and and it really blessed me the last year. So I, I was really wanting to be, you know, filled up. But at the same time, it was really busy. Um, you know, I could have easily had said, you know, I, I don't want to spend time away from my kids this weekend. I've got lots of work to do this weekend that I could be doing. You know, I go to church, I read, I'm good. I don't have to dedicate this time to this conference. Um, but then again, I knew how blessed I was last, last year and I still had a pull to go and we went with some girlfriends and it, you know, um, I should mention too, that, um, I had been dealing at this time struggle, what, what I know now to be called struggle sessions. And for those of you who don't know what that is, maybe look it up, but, um, and there were a few struggle sessions going on with me at the time for some of the things that I was advocating for and standing up for and shedding light upon. Um, and for me, a lot of this is happening on Twitter. Are you on Twitter, Eddie? You are? Okay. I'm on Twitter. Um, Yeah. Okay. I'll have to find you on there. Um, so, so a lot of this discourse that's happening from like the really polarized ends um, or perspectives tends to happen on Twitter for me in my world right now. Um, and so anyhow, um, you know, I, I was dealing with these people who were just just coming out with these contortions and these lies and the manipulation and accusing me of these things that I'm not doing, you know, and yet they're okay to just spin these webs. And, um, you know, this in particular was about the gender ideology and specifically pride because we were dealing with pride month. Okay. Um, and I mean, I, like I said, I feel incredibly blessed and I believe God has done the things to set me up to be resilient to this kind of behavior, um, towards me. Like, I truly believe that, um, you know, it doesn't make it easy and I don't welcome it, but it, it doesn't only, you know, get me through, it also allows me to relatively like it I can pick myself up quite readily, um, you know, uh, relatively speaking. And then in addition to that, it allows me to keep going despite it. Right. Um, but 
you know, I was still very much caught up in the whole, how can people behave this way toward one another? You know, it wasn't like this victimization. Um, it wasn't a place of ego. Like, how could they do this to me? It was very much like, a, how could we be treating each other like this? How can people accuse someone who hasn't done these things and do it so confidently and readily. And, and I mean, these things that are hundred percent false about me, I knew, and I, I knew I could take my ego out of it because I knew they were, they were false about me. God knew they were false. They, he knows it's false about me. Those who know me knows it's, they know it's false. So, um, you know, but still the fact that I was being made witness to this kind of abuse of another's essentially their free will, right? Like they're abusing their free will. And I was, it was jolting and it still is like, it still very much is very jolting to me. And so anyway, that being said, that's kind of what I was dealing with. And I wasn't, I was, you know, I don't want to say consumed by this, but it was definitely compromising some of my attention. Um, and so, um, anyway, I, you know, I go in and we're listening to this conference It's a two day conference and, um, this woman, I don't remember her name. I don't remember exactly what she said. I don't remember exactly what she said before or after, but I remember, and I know she wasn't talking specifically to me because I mean, she was talking to a group of people, but I know better to know that God was definitely talking through using her through her speaking to me. And she said something along the lines, like dot, dot, dot. That's why Satan is known as the accuser. And I said, yes, you know, like, and I have to apologize to your audience right now because they're probably like, okay, that's not like, that's a big lead up for this. But to me, it was so powerful and it led to so much more than just that statement because it answered or helped me make sense of so much of what's happening in our world today, right? Like the division that's happening in the guise of diversity and inclusion and equity and the blame and the shame, the accusations, like these accusations, like Yes, yes, Satan is the accuser. That's right. And that really like that resonated so strongly with me that when I came back from the conference, I dug a little deeper with that. I didn't just let that sit, right? I said, why? And that's the other thing that I encourage everyone to do is like, why if someone's something's moving you so much? Like, dig into that. Why did it move you? Right. And so I dug deeper into that. And uh, you know, I, I think I just Googled a, a just a regular general search, like why is Satan known as the accuser? And, you know, I got the answers that we would expect, you know, Satan believes, um, you know, he's used to manipulate uh, by highlighting flaws and sins and transgressions. Like I got that stuff. It highlighted the idea of spiritual um, opposition, you know, the struggle between this good and evil and the need for individuals to resist temptation and remain steadfast in their faith. Um, but then as I looked further, like just kind of reading that same, it reminded me the cause that the fall, that this fallen angel, the cause of his fall from heaven was right there in front of me and it was pride. And so this is the thing I was grappling with, right? Cause this isn't about people. This isn't like, and yes, as Christians, we could go into that in terms of lifestyle, but that's not what this is about for there are people that are not following Christianity, right? I mean, and so this is about the cognitive dissonance that happens 
within our society and within those who do have faith, um, you know? And so that kind of, I'll kind of try to sum it up here, but like, cause I, I want to hear from you too about this, but you know, like that, at that moment, I was like, wow, this is something, what is this? And, and so I was at home at the time and we were about to have, di- we were about to have lunch or dinner or something. So we were making our way to the dining room table. I was sharing this with my husband and the kids were there and, and, and so um, I said, there's something not right. Like I thought about the phrases that we use for pride, like love is love. And, and I was like, yeah, love is love, but love is. And as I was saying that to myself, I turned my head to my youngest son and, and, and I saw on just behind him, uh, we have this like collage of pictures and there's a plaque on there. Um, and uh, it was one Corinthians 13, you know, uh, that now I know as the love chapter, but you know, it, you know, love, it, it goes right into that. You know, love is a lot of things. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. And I was like, yes, like what? I mean, it's so powerful. Like it was right there. And so this led me to further discussion to people who know scripture better. Cause I definitely do not know scripture as well as I'd like to, and I'm working on that. Um, but I, you know, I'm like, what, like, what can I do with this? This is something. And why is it just now that, I, that it's coming to my realization? Like there, there must be other people talking about this. That's why, you know, I had reached out to you and asked if you had already had conversations like this. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. we, we were doing a gender, uh, my church had hosted this gender and sexuality and faith course. And so I mentioned it there and the same kind of epiphany came out where it was like, yes, like, why are we doing this? So um, I knew that this was a conversation that we had to have more often. Um, And so, yeah. Did you have something to say about that? Yeah. You hit it right on the spot. I believe, first of all, the Bible says, Pride goes before destruction. Pride, I believe, is I'm not I'm not like valuing and grading sins right now because I don't believe that sin is greater than a, sin is sin yep. according to the Bible. Mm-hmm. But I say pride is up there mm-hmm. in the top three as the sins that make you fall. We see it in so many people in the Bible. Yes, and how you said and- Satan. So, and so recently, um, we were blessed to have, um, our our pastor, Pastor Ken Taylor did this whole sermon or service on Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. And so the very first one there, so the six things that the Lord hates, right. And then there's seven that are detestable to him and Mm -hmm. haughty eyes is the first one, which I didn't know what haughty eyes meant. And so the whole service was about haughty eyes and which is pride and looking down on people and thinking that you deserve or should be celebrated differently or whatever it is like, because you are better than whoever. And, and he really went into depth about this, which was so powerful um, but the thing is, is that we really don't have all those other sins without pride doing like, yeah. yes, we do sometimes, but a lot of the time, you know, the core reason for the lies, for the stealing, for the greed, for the power, like all of that has to do with pride. And if we got rid of pride, we could get rid of a lot of these other sins. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Pride yeah. is like, a you hit it again on the spot. Pride is like a foundation of a lot of other sins. If yes. you get rid of pride, it can get rid of all these other sins. Same thing for music today. There is music that is demonic. 
and can even you can get possessed from demonic music. And the reason that people have so many other sins that they're dealing with is because as well, music is that foundation of all that other sin. So if you destroy that foundation, all the other sins are going to go away as well. And again, pride, pride is that foundation of a lot of other sins as well. And you hit it on the spot and going back to what you were saying with the, the thing that you had went through as well, when you went to the women's conference, I can definitely say that you're not alone in that. A lot of people have gone through that including me and in mm -hmm. fact i'm not gonna say exactly but i'm working on a project right now uh, it's a surprise for all my audience and everything i'm working on a project right now that's going to take a couple months about the struggle session that i had as well about people saying false things about me accusing me and despising me you know of my youth as a young person who's standing up for the things that are right you know Others that are older than me have rose up against me and put me down and said, you know, you're young, just quit it, you know, uh, you know, you deserve to be persecuted, all these things and all stuff like that. And so I'm making a project on that right now so that Amazing. God can use that. And, you know, it's going to help people that also are going through that or are soon to go through that, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of struggle section, the session of, you know, being accused of something that is not true. Like you said, it's that really is something that gets into your mind when somebody says something that's not true about you that really gets to you. Yeah. And for me, especially personally, when someone says something that is untrue about me, that actually bothers me. Because like you said, God knows that's not true, first of all, right? And I know it's not true. There's two witnesses there. And so it bothers you. And but the key thing I think above all is forgiveness, right? Forgiving is not easy. Forgiving, forgiving is a something that literally I think almost every Christian struggles with. It's a big issue that a lot of Christians struggle with forgiving. And other people have, you know, this question, how can I forgive? Because yeah. it, I, it's so hard. It, first of all, you got to value what Jesus did, right? It's not just Jesus died on the cross. It's a perfect man, the son of God, Christ, God in flesh came on earth. He was tempted in all points, the Bible says, as we were tempted. So we have no excuse yet he still was sinless yes. and he died in a sinner's place because of the love and forgiveness he had towards us. So if you value that, that's going to help you to forgive more. And I then, wonder, I'm oh, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I was going to say, I wonder if I know for me, I struggled with forgiveness very much because I thought it was tethered to mm -hmm. reconciliation, mm -hmm. which it is not. And so I think that, you know, for me, I've done so much work in that area and I still don't know it hundred percent yet. And I, I obviously still struggle so much with it. Um, I think that we probably will until we die. Like it is humanity in us. Right. Um, and that imperfection in us, but all of what you just said is so helpful to put things in perspective about forgiveness, but knowing that forgiveness too is so passive, like it's already mm -hmm. happened. Right. Like when you think about, wait a second, I'm still mad at this person or I'm still resentful I'm still holding all of this, which as a, you know, what I do with, mm. you know, as healthcare, I know how damaging that is to our health, our body, our well-being. Mm. So, I mean, your really forgiveness is going to be for you to be able to let that go and, mm. and allow them, wish them well, send them love, you know, love thy enemies. It does not mean, forgiveness does not mean you have to keep going back and allowing people to continue to hurt you. You can put those boundaries up and you might have a different perspective on that. And I'd like to hear it, but it's, it's, it doesn't mean you get to 
continually allow people to treat you poorly. Um, mm. You know, you get to decide who you're going to spend your time with. And those are part of the consequences of treating people poorly. At the same time, the door is always open for reconciliation, but reconciliation involves not just you, right? Mm. It, it involves everyone who's involved in that, in, in the conflict or whatever has happened. So. Exactly, yeah. A verse that I wanted to add on is uh, from Titus chapter 2, uh, verse 6 and 7. It's about our example of living, and it says, Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, and doctrine showing integrity, reverence, and corruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Our example should be seen and how I said to people all over and especially to the church that I went to preach at uh, a couple weeks ago in Atlanta, I told them if if people cannot see a distinct difference between you and this world, there is an issue there. Christ calls us to be completely different, a light is right, because, for example, if it's if you're in a room that's completely dark, you're going to see even the smallest hint of light in there. That's right. That's you. Yeah. And that's what we're supposed to be. And that's you, Eddie. Like, that's exactly it. And and that's another thing, Eddie, when you're dealing with this, you know, the struggle of the the struggle sessions, that is something, again, again, that was God that worked for me. I had been struggling with the struggle session earlier on during the campaign. And I just happened to run into a neighbor and like, she just happened to tell me what I needed to hear, which is you know you're doing you know you're you're creating so much light when this darkness is trying to smother it right like mm-hmm. the more you shine that much brighter when this darkness keeps coming in the darker the room yeah. the the brighter your light is going to shine and so that was again i'm not welcoming it by any means yeah. but it, it helps you get through it knowing that of course the more impact you have the more opposition that's going to come your way Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Christina, coming to the end of the podcast, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing, you know, these thoughts and answering some questions that maybe my bare truth audience has. And I really appreciate your example. God bless you. If you have anything else that you wanted to say before we got off. I wonder, um, because as you were talking um, earlier and I didn't want to interrupt, but I I just had remembered another another um, instance that. I really felt the presence of God, like it tremendously was at the protest. So we, um, I don't know if you heard about the protest in Ottawa Mm -hmm. um, on, on June 9th. So I was there like right in the front line, no desire to be chanting anything. Um, Really wish that everyone felt the the presence that I was feeling. Um, And what I did was made eye contact. Like I just looked at these people like, screaming at us calling us fascists you know and almost and you could see so many of them getting almost a high from this and um i mean i feel like i'm not doing it justice by trying to quickly summarize this but i mean when i i would block eyes with some of these people and at first i hate to say it but you almost feel that evil presence not with everybody but with some of them um, it, that it was just this evil pre- presence Definitely, there. Yeah. And, and I, you know, when I locked eyes with those individuals that I sensed that from, and I just, you know, in my mind, I was, I guess I was essentially praying and essentially just saying like, like, what are you doing here? 
and like, you know, God loves you. And I know, like, because I know that every single person here is made in the image of God, like that helps me with that forgiveness, that forgiveness and that almost that sorrow, you know, that I feel for some of these people that seem so lost. And it's when you have that, you can't really feel the anger and uh, bitterness and resentment as much because that overpowers it. And so when I locked eyes with these people, at first they were very much, um, you could see the pride, exactly. I didn't, I didn't like intend to share that exact word, but that's exactly what it was. It was this pride and this arrogance and almost like, a, oh yeah, you wanna have a staring competition? Uh, you're gonna lose. And honestly, I just kept on feeling like, you know, God's got to do something here. He's got to make this work. And, and it, it took all of, I don't know, a few seconds for them to, and you can't, you can't see my face because this, because <laughs> this is audio, but they're almost this coward, cowering down, almost like a, oh, um, oh, never mind. And they had to look away and then they would not make eye contact with me again. Um, they would make sure of not looking at me again. And it was incredibly powerful. And there was other people. And so I guess, you know, I'm really glad I'm able to share this because I think moving forward, for those of us who are standing and doing this work, if you can tap into that as much as possible, whenever possible, and remembering that this isn't about like, I'm right, you're wrong. Like it is trying to change, it's trying to change hearts. And um, we and we can only do that with God's work. So remembering that and trying to do that as, as much as possible. The other people that I locked eyes with that I didn't necessarily feel that sense of evilness was um, and maliciousness, I guess, um, was, you know, they just seemed lost and they seemed almost sad and confused, I think is the best. Like a lot of them seem so confused. Like, is this the right thing? I think this is the right thing. I think I'm doing the right thing. Um, but they didn't know for sure. And so when you make that eye contact, they're kind of questioning it. Like when you're looking at them instead of with anger, and I mean, there's, I'm not saying people don't get to be angry. I'm not saying that. I mean, I think there is definitely a place for anger. Uh, it, it helps us, you know, propel us into doing change. I'm not saying it's okay to be violent or aggressive towards people. Um, but the emotion anger is definitely serving it's, it's there. God gave us that emotion to take action. Um, and so to use it wisely is very important as well. So there's so much to say, Eddie, I feel like we could probably do another one, but, yeah. um, yeah. So that was another, another instance that I really felt mm -hmm. very strongly the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. The word of God says to be angry and do not sin. Right. So like you said, you know, you can be angry, Thank but you uh, that. Yes. lashing out is what is the sinful part. So that's right. Because, you know, there's it. moments that God gets angry because of people. For example, the people of Israel in the time of Moses, God got upset with them because of their unfaithfulness and because they had gone after idols, right? Yes. After so many things that they saw God do for them, like water coming from rocks and you know, God supplying them with meat when they wanted meat and they crossed yeah. the sea, of course. So, yeah. But yeah. And yeah. how you said too, um, on my YouTube channel, I have a YouTube channel as well. If you want to check that out, uh, on there, I go out and evangelize in the street to people 
and I talk with people. And just like you said, recently I was in Atlanta, how I said I got invited to speak there at a church. And I also took the opportunity to go out and to speak on the streets to people against wow. Pride Month. And how you said um, so many, I'll be honest, so many of those people had just an evil presence in yes. them when you looked at them. And I knew straight away it was like they're demon possessed. They have the spirit of pride in them. But there was there was just some of those there were some people who you looked at, like you said, and you couldn't just get mad at them. It's because you just looked in their face and they were seriously just lost yes. and led astray. Right. So not every one of them are demon possessed, but most of them. This is obviously this is led by spirits. Anyway, it's the word of God says you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, power and darkness of this age. And we know it's against demons. And but there are just some people who were influenced even and just uh you know are lost and so we need you know it's important to pray for those there's power in prayer when especially mm -hmm. when you unite right um so but anyway thank you christina for sharing this last thought with us before we got off i really appreciate you and um thank you for your example god bless you oh, thank you you too eddie Coming to an end of today's episode on episode 29 of the Bear Truth Podcast, I hope you appreciated the testimonies and the things that Christina had to say and that I had to say. I hope you were an example. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to share it because as I say, God used you guys to make today's episode possible. Go check out our YouTube channel, our email, and our Instagram, which will all be in the link of this description on Instagram. We share more things on there about what is to come and things in Keep in mind, like I said, I have a project going on. If you can pray for me about the project that I have going on, that God can use me. And check out our YouTube channel where we do more than just podcast stuff on there. We go out to evangelize. And on our email, you can reach us to contact us at any time. And like I said, links are all in the description. But coming to an end, God bless you guys and keep you safe in this world that we live in. Amen.